0: Last week, the cast of the movie Oppenheimer walked the red carpet of the movie premiere in London. And then when they got word that the Screen Actors Guild AFTRA voted to go on strike, they walked out. Matt Damon, one of the movie's stars, talked about why he was joining the strike and said this. It's really about working actors. It's 26000 to qualify for health coverage and a lot of people are on the margins and residual payments are getting them across that threshold. This isn't an academic exercise. This is real life and death stuff. Hopefully, we get to a resolution quickly. No one wants a work stoppage, but we've got to get a fair deal. Actress Emily Blunt, who also stars in Oppenheimer, told Variety, Obviously, we stand with all of the actors, and at whatever point it's called, we're going to be going home and standing together through it because I want everyone to get a fair deal. I did a quick search and found out that Matt Damon earns about $20 million annually, and Emily Blunt earns about $7 million a year. These are actors that have made it. They are A-listers, and yet they stand in solidarity with other actors and those in the industry, including those who are struggling to earn $26,000 a year. Now, I want to zero in on two statements from both Blunt and Damon. I want everyone to get a fair deal. We've got to get a fair deal. For these actors that have made it, it isn't every person for themselves. It's about together we will win. Together we will all do better. Together we will demand and receive positive change. They've defined their we as everyone in their union all 160,000 members. It wasn't, it's you or me, it's you and me, it's we. Now I bring this up because when it comes to inclusion and marketing and making more people feel like they belong, it's important for you to think hard about who you consider we. It is essential for you to develop a we mentality. I'll explain more about this after this short break. who have succeeded in their fields. I like listening to this podcast because I like hearing from a broad diversity of voices and hearing from and learning from their experiences. One episode I'm super excited to dive into is the latest one, Lead Generation Journey with Glenville Dixon Jr. Listen to Latinx Empower wherever you get your podcasts. I was listening to The Daily Podcast the other day. The episode was How Affirmative Action Changed Their Lives. Shout out to my client, T, for recommending the episode. I'll drop a link to it in the show notes in case you want to check it out. So anyway, I was listening to it, and I heard a woman talking about how when she first heard about the ruling, she and her family were happy. They thought it would be good for her and for her family. Her we was defined as her and her immediate family and her Asian community. Later on in the discussion, she added that she changed her point of view a little bit. One of the influences that caused her to shift her perspective was a group she found online, Asians for Affirmative Action. As she dug into the perspective, it caused her to rethink some things. Now, I was doing some research on this and I came across an organization called Chinese for Affirmative Action. This organization has been around for more than 50 years. And as I dug into their values and vision, I saw something similar that is a common thread of inclusion. Let's see if you can spot it. Here's their vision. Our vision 50 years ago that endures today is of a world that works for everyone. A world in which all people live free from bigotry, discrimination, hate, prejudice, and bias. Core civil rights principles such as inclusion, equity, justice, and compassion guide the type of change we seek to achieve and the values we seek to embody. Now, this organization defines their we not just for those that are in their immediate community, but for all people, everyone. Now, of course, they had an opinion about the Supreme Court's ruling, offering up their commitment to their cause. They wrote, We must remember that this doesn't end with affirmative action. It ends when we all arrive at justice and freedom together, all our communities together. This sentiment along with the comments from Matt Damon and Emily Blunt echo what author and Jewish activist, Emma Lazarus said, "'Until we are all free, we are none of us free.'" Okay, so I can hear you saying, but Sonia, what does this have to do with marketing? And I say, it has everything to do with marketing. Business is about belonging. When the people you serve feel like they belong with you, they will reward you with their attention, their adoration, and their loyalty. All good stuff. Belonging is about finding your people, your we. But who is your we? Now, I'm defining we as the people you will take action for, the people you fight for, the people you show up for, the people you choose to have empathy for, even when it may be inconvenient for you. For many people, their we is their immediate family. For others, it's their immediate family and their closest friends. For others, their we is people who are a part of a community they belong to, such as race, gender, religion, or geographic area. For others, their we is anyone they can empathize with. And for still yet others, their we is defined as all of us. No person, no dog, no tree left behind. Okay, to be clear, Inclusive marketing isn't about serving everyone. If your inclusive brand type is the Oprah car giver, fantastic, go with it. Sidebar, if you want to learn more about inclusive brand types, go to episode 29, What Inclusive Brand Type Are You? You can also take the super fun quiz. I'll drop links to both in the show notes below. Serving everyone is not the expectation. Does your brand make products like candles, curtains, or cereal? Does your brand sell services like copywriting, coaching, or graphic design? Does your brand sell software as a service? Who is the we you've included in the people you actively want to serve? Is it your customers? Is it your team? Is it your community at large? Is it for all the people who have the problem your brand solves, whether or not they are a customer? The challenge is from a marketing standpoint, more specifically from an inclusion and marketing standpoint, brands are historically bad at declaring who their we is. They aren't clear about who it is that they will take action for, fight for, and show up for. And as a result, their we tends to become more narrowly focused on a much smaller group, those who were in their inner circle or who are like those who were in their inner circle. But I want to challenge you to think long and hard about who your we is. Who do your values apply to? Who is the we you'll extend empathy to? Who is the we you will take a stand for? When I worked at Johnson & Johnson, one of the things I loved and took so seriously was their credo and our actions as a company and individuals within the company to live those credo values on a daily basis. Of course, we didn't always get it right, but having it written down and having put that serious thought into it made all the difference in the way we showed up and the decisions that were made. I love that the credo was broken down into four key areas in order of priority— while also including some of the how they will show up for, take action for and fight for their we. So let me walk you through them. We believe our first responsibility is to the patients, doctors and nurses, the two mothers and fathers and all others who use our products and services. We must constantly strive to provide value, reduce our costs and maintain reasonable prices. Customers orders must be serviced promptly and accurately. Their first we is to the people who use their products and their families, right? The next section focuses on their team. We are responsible to our employees who work with us throughout the world. We must provide an inclusive work environment where each person must be considered as an individual. We must respect their diversity and dignity and recognize their merit. The third part focuses on community and how. We are responsible to the communities in which we live and work and to the world community as well. We must help people be healthier by supporting access and care in more places around the world. We must be good citizens, support good works and charities, better health and education, and bear our fair share of taxes. We must maintain in good order the property we are privileged to use, protecting the environment and natural resources." And then lastly, in the fourth position, the credo includes stockholders in their we. Our final responsibility is to our stockholders. Business must make a sound profit. Their we is extensive, but their we is also clearly defined. How they serve their we is as well. So I ask you again, who is your we? Is it limited or is it broad? Why is this important? What does it have to do with growth? The more limited your we the more limited your potential for growth. Now we're in our growth series this month and I want you to sit with this. There is no sustained growth without we. More on this after this short break. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you just met at a networking event. Was it Ron or could it be Don or John or Sean? yeah that kind of impossible hubspot's all new service hub can help well with the service solution part at least it brings service and success together on one powerful platform for the first time ever with an ai-powered help desk and an ai chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast plus it comes with a customer success workspace that helps reps anticipate customer needs and a full 360 view of every customer so your go-to-market team can keep a pulse on accounts before trying to upsell or cross sell also you can scale support and drive retention and revenue and you know what that means, better service and happier customers at every stage of the journey. Visit hubspot.com slash service to do more for your customers today. As we work to build inclusive brands, there is no us and them. There is only we. Here's what I mean. Let's move from, I really wanna include people from the disabled community and making things accessible for them. We'll get to making our marketing accessible. That's an us and them mentality. Let's see if you pick up on this difference. Hannah is hearing impaired. We want Hannah to hang out with us and to have a great experience alongside us. How can we make sure Hannah's needs are covered? That's a we mentality. Hannah is one of us. How can we make sure she is cared for? The disabled community, they have rights, they have needs, they want to belong. They, as in different from us. It's a subtle difference, but it makes a big difference. When it's us and them, it makes it easy to divide and leave someone out. When it's we, we are all one. We come as a package. Rihanna, who has a few ultra-inclusive brands, including Fenty Beauty, Fenty Skin, and Savage X Fenty, explained that this is the approach they take when thinking about the people they serve. She says, I have this perception that my friends are the consumer, and if it doesn't work on them, then I'm not doing it. Now, when you think of your friends, it's a we. It doesn't matter if you and your friends are different and you have you know, various differences. It's a we, a unit, a package deal. Fun fact, when Jonathan and I got together, he and Mora, his dog that's now our dog, came as a package deal. There was no getting or marrying Jonathan without Mora. Jonathan considered Mora a part of his we. Friends have a relationship, a depth of intimacy. You stand up for, have empathy for, pray for, and fight for your friends. Rihanna, whenever she was talking about thinking of her friends as a consumer, went on to explain a scenario of how that played out for her in real life. Now, whenever she was saying this and doing this interview, this was back when Fenty Beauty had just came out back in 2017. She said, I'll try makeup on me, I'll turn to the girl next to me, the Latin girl next to me, the darker girl next to me, the white girl in front of me. I will go around the table, and if it doesn't work on one of us, we need to adjust it a little bit, because I feel horrible excluding people from things I created for them. I want to zero in on one thing that Rihanna said at the end of that statement. I feel horrible excluding people from things I created for them. Rihanna creates for everyone. But you may not. And as I mentioned previously, that's okay. But are you still excluding people, people that you don't want to exclude because you haven't sufficiently defined who your we is? To be clear, for instance, if you're white, I'm not saying that you need to go off and start saying you're black or identify as Asian or when you're not. No, I'm not talking about anything like that. Rather, I want you to be clear about who it is you are creating for. Now, sometimes defining things with that degree of specificity is hard for people. So I want to encourage you to think about who isn't in your we. Who are you actively choosing not to show up for, fight for, angst and extend empathy to? Now, there's this trend online where people make content that says, good morning to everyone except blah, 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 blah. And it can be any random thing that would make you not say good morning to someone or a group of people. And here are some examples from me. Good morning to everyone except people who don't get the reference, I can do this all day. Good morning to everyone except people who refuse to eat my black bean chocolate cake. Good morning to everyone except people who've never seen the five heartbeats. Seriously, if you've not seen the five heartbeats, please go and watch it. And then come back and let's have a conversation about old Eddie (laughs) Good morning to everyone except it's a bunch of randomness that basically has people clearly stating who isn't a part of their we. So I want you to take the time to do this exercise. Do a good morning to everyone except and then fill in the blanks for people who you're choosing not to serve in your business. The people who are not a part of your we. Then I want you to go back and look at your marketing. Do an audit or an assessment of sorts and ask yourself, does my marketing make everyone else that I've chosen not to exclude? Does it make them feel like they belong? So let's say you've chosen to exclude people who don't speak the language you operate in, people who don't support your values, people who are under the age of 18. Take a look at everything and do a check. Does your customer experience you deliver make people who aren't a part of those three categories doesn't make them feel like they belong. Ask yourself, do you think of everyone that you haven't excluded on that list as people who were in your we? If the answer is no, Sonia, we don't. Then that means that either you need to figure out how to shift your mindset and then marketing to include all of those people, to start thinking of them as part of your we, to start thinking of them as one of us, or you'll have to consider adding the specific people you're not going to focus on, making sure you feel like they belong to the good morning to everyone except list. There's no shame in the list. The key is to own it. I'm harping on this because I want you to understand there's a difference between a brand that welcomes you to buy your stuff and a brand that shows you you belong with them. Belonging is the goal, and you can't make someone feel like they belong without first including them in your we. Someone who just buys your stuff and doesn't feel like they belong will drop you the minute another option is available. There is no loyalty there. That type of approach contributes to the leaky bucket we talked about in the first episode in this series, episode 66, common mistakes that prevent your brand's growth. I'll have a link to that in the show notes for you in case you missed it. If you wanna grow your brand sustainably, show more people that they belong with you. How do you do that? Treat them like friends, include them in your we, It's not us and them. It's not how can we get more of them to buy our stuff. Instead, it's how can we succeed and reach our goals. It's how can we ensure we grow our crew. There's no growth without we. Make sure you're specific about who you mean when you say we. Your ability to demonstrate belonging depends on it and your growth depends on it. That's it for today's episode. If you like this show, I love it if you share it with a friend, colleague, or your network. If you do share, please do tag me so I can join the conversation. Another great way to support the show is to leave a rating and review for it in your podcast player of choice. It really does go a long way toward helping more people discover the show. If you need help doing that assessment of how well you're doing at making people who are underrepresented and underserved People who you've defined as part of your we feel like they belong with you, do let me know and we can chat about whether an inclusive growth assessment is right for you. I'll drop a link to that in the comments and you can check it out. One more thing. Do you get the Inclusion Marketing Newsletter? If not, what are you even doing? I want you to be a part of my we over on the newsletter. <laughs> Each week I send stories, news, and t- other tips to help you grow by sharing more people by showing more people they belong with you. Until next time, remember, everyone deserves to have a place where they belong. Let's use our individual and collective power to ensure more people feel like they do. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you soon.